Hi. Um, <laughs> you know, my friend, you know you're off your game when you do uh, you you record an entire five minute introduction to a show, talking into the back of the microphone. Hi, it's me, it's Dan Class. Listen, now listen, I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm not recording under the flypath. At Los Angeles, I'm not. I, I'm in a secret lair somewhere as far from Los Angeles as I could possibly get. I'll be returning uh, in a couple days after the uh, you know 2008 New Media Expo in Las Vegas. So basically, I wanted to check in. I wanted to, uh, you know, this is kind of a bonus thing. It's not a pill. Um... This is, uh, it's really kind of a catch-up, a check-in, and then I wanted you to hear something that uh, I'm becoming proud of slowly, uh, but surely. So anyway, yeah, Friday is the Coverville 500 concert. Please, if you're in the year, obviously, if you're at the New Media Expo, you're going to get peer pressured into going. That goes without saying. Uh, Because it's going to be the place to be Friday, August uh, 15th or 6th, whatever day Friday is, that's the day. Just go to Coverville500.com for all the information, okay? It's a show hosted by yours truly. And uh, really partially Brian Ibbett, I hope. Please, God, Brian. Um, but it's the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd, Natalie Gelman, Jonathan Colton, Chance in the Choir, and uh, the legendary Richard Cheese. You, you got, seriously, it's, a, it's not even up for discussion, so just commit right now. Now, the other thing, and I don't have, you know, even during the break when I realized that I had been talking to the wrong side of the microphone, I didn't look up the URL, but basically, Lance Anderson, you know Lance. Lance has launched what I will refer to uh, now, for lack of a better word, as a literary magazine on and offline, print and online literary magazine called Verge of LA. And uh, the website is up now, so you got to check it out at Verge. Uh, I think it's vergeofla.com. Go to thebitterspill.com to, to, to find that out. But anyway, some really cool kind of writing and visuals and whatnot. It's on the web. you got to check it out. It's me, Tim Coyne. C.C. Chapman, some, like, uh, mixed mixed martial arts guy is in there. Beautiful photographs by that dude. I mean, it's just, it's trippy, cool. You know, it's Lance. You know what I mean? It's always, when Lance is in there, it's always going to be kind of a cool, trippy, artsy thing, right? It's obviously a must-see. So, yeah, I think that's Verge of the, I think it's vergeofla.com, but check the show notes if that doesn't work. But really, the the reason that I'm uh, dropping by your ear is, uh, and I'll keep this short, but, you know, J.C. Hutchins, you know, I'm a big fan of J.C. Hutchins, writer, podcaster, uh, J.C. Hutchins, and his trilogy, Seventh Son, which, you know, I'm, I'm not completely up to date. That thing's going to be in bookstores any day now, right? So as kind of an adjunct, is that the term I'm, I think so, you know, as a side project, as an extension, uh, J.C. did this thing called Seventh Son Obsidian. Now, what what that was, you probably know this, right? two-week blackout within the story of Seventh Son, and he had people write stories and read or tell or whatever, do their thing, revolving around this two-week blackout. And I did my thing. It had no, it has no title. It's just, you know, the bitterest obsidian, whatever. Um, I sent it to JC. I, you know, I'm always a little... Uh, whenever I put my fingers on someone else's world, you know what I mean? Mm. JC... Refer to it as a masterpiece of fiction. Yeah, I, that's right. Master, you heard me. Uh, I beg to differ, but you know, that's my false modesty. And uh, for the record, 95% of my modesty is is false. So here it is. I, I figured I would, uh, you know, in this little lull, 
in this, this little break in the action, I would lay on you uh, my contribution to Seventh Son Obsidian. I recommend you check out the whole. I mean, obviously, I recommend you check out Seventh Son first. If you haven't checked that out, and you know, it's kind of like this is how I would describe it: the born identity meets uh, multiplicity. You know, like cloning, Clone Wars. Clone Wars meets uh, a Jason Bourne. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, here it is. Uh, but please check out, uh, you know, jchutchins.net for uh, further info. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I will be back with the bitter spill soon. Uh, this is Seventh Son Obsidian. Now, long before I ever got into podcasting, I was an absolute geek fan of Dan Class. As some of you will remember, I've shouted his name far and wide on the Seventh Son podcast, urging you guys to check out his brilliant work. Now, if you're not familiar with Dan and his storytelling, you're going to be in for a real treat. Dan Class is the host and creator of the Bitterest Pill podcast, an award-winning audio blog in which he talks about his life on the outskirts of the entertainment industry while raising his kids under the flight path at LAX. The show has been described by the New York Times as intelligent, endearing, and sublime, and has been featured on NPR, NBC4, Fox News, and in USAToday.com, and, and this is how you know that the guy's the bee's knees, the Christian Science Monitor. He's also the co-author of Podcast Solutions, the complete guide to audio and video podcasting. I own a copy. It rocks. Now, Dan is as smart as he is funny, and The Bitterest Pill is one of the most charming podcasts you're going to find in the sphere. I cannot say enough good things about this guy and his creativity, which I challenged for Seventh Son Obsidian. See, I asked Dan Class to record an episode of The Bitterest Pill as if he were a survivor of the Obsidian Blackout, and the recording was made weeks after the lights had come back on in the aftermath of the crisis. So what you're about to hear is bittersweet, it's poignant, and it's about as real as it can get. Some of Dan's episodes of The Bitterest Pill are like this in many ways, truthful and resonant, and I'm honored, absolutely honored, to have this appear in the Seventh Son Anthology. So, let's get to it. There's going to be more info from me after the story, but the next 20 minutes is all Dan class. Enjoy. You know, I have to assume that if you can hear my voice that you made it <laughs> that you uh that you uh you know you're back like i'm back um you know i i gotta tell you i don't even know where to begin uh to you know i just i hope you and uh your family i just hope you're okay i hope ah you know wow okay now, you know, I, I usually make these recordings in my garage, and I am in my garage, as as always. But usually I'm in here with a little tiny bit of mood lighting. And I've got these little lamps, you know. Little lamps that we bought at uh, Ikea. And I usually put one of them on, maybe two, but usually just, you know, dim. But after the last uh, two, I guess it's by now it's two and a half, two and a half weeks, um, uh, I've got every light in the, the place on. I mean, it looks like a Kmart in here. Yeah, I've got every light on, every light on in the house, TVs on, radio, every piece of electrical equipment, everything is on. It's just, it's some sort of weird equal and opposite reaction. 
and I know, I know that, um, I, you know, living in Southern California, I got off pretty easily. We got off pretty easily. It's been two weeks of we, you know, it's been two weeks of, um, you know, I'm sure we were all going through very slightly different versions of the same, uh, stuff. And, you know, um, I'm trying, ah, I'm trying to make light of it, tell you the truth. I'm trying to, you know, the TV, all they talk about now is, you know, the toll, the toll that it's taken, the, you know, the losses. And I, I'm I'm going to try to focus for a couple of minutes on not that, just maybe on what we've gained, I, I, you know. I don't wish me luck. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. Are you, are you still literally shaking just a little bit? See, um, power outages, I, you know, I live near the airport. I live near uh, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. I'm under the flight path. And for some reason in my block um, here in Westchester, as they like to call it, you know, blackouts aren't really that infrequent. I don't know what it is. I don't know. In fact, I don't know what it is about my exact block. But a lot of times what will happen fairly regularly is I will lose power here at the house and I'll look across the street and my, you know, my like really together good looking neighbors that live across the street, full power, lights on, refrigerator, they're having a party, no, no sweat. And all down my side of the street and behind my house towards, I guess, the west out in Z. I, and I wasn't even aware because I was home when, uh, you know, when the power went out, the power goes out and I don't know what I was doing because usually I'm on the computer, but I didn't even realize for like a half hour, hour that the power had gone out. And so I went outside, but because it was daytime, I couldn't tell, you know, so I go to the circuit box. I do, I flip every circuit breaker in the house I, in, because I'm home alone at the time. You know, the kids are at school. Wife is gone. I don't know where the hell she was. I'm flipping. Flip, 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 flip. Nothing. Flip, 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 flip. Nothing. Because I have to go in the house. I have to flip and then go in the house. Look, nothing. Come back out. Flip, flip, flip. Go back in the house. Back and forth, back and forth. So, I, you know, I don't think anything of it. I don't, I'm, I'm going to wait it out, you know. At around noontime, it's time to get my daughter from preschool, Princess Tirade. So, you know, I get in the car and I go and there's a cop directing traffic, you know, right at the edge of the neighborhood. And there's a cop directing traffic. And this is not shocking. Oh, okay. So the power, right? Cop driving, you know, the next, next intersection. Then I turn left, I go through LAX. I get the other side of LAX into El Segundo. Still cops, still cops, still cop. Manhattan Beach, still cops for most, still they're cop. Like, is every traffic light on the same grid? Every traffic light from here to Long Beach apparently is on the same grid. See, I haven't put two and four together to get uh, 17. And the rest of that day goes along, you know, pretty normally. I don't even think, you know, I mean, I guess this shouldn't be too shocking. I don't even, I don't listen to the radio. I don't listen to the TV news. These little blackouts in the neighborhood, you know, they come and they go. So I didn't turn on the news. I admit it. Until there are copters flying overhead, that's the only time I really turn on the news. When their news chopper five is above my house, as if you're some maniac is running around the neighborhood, I don't 
right? So I'm listening to my iPod in the car to and from. My wife comes home from working. The kids, I go get the kids and, oh, there's a blackout and blah, 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 blah. Don't think anything of it. And the kids love it when there's a blackout because we've got candles. We've got these little electric candles. I bought all these electric candles at Christmas time. And they're not the big fancy ones you see at, uh, you know, Sharper Image or Pottery, but wherever I've seen those ones that are, you know, they they look like a big candle. They're made out of wax. It's not that. It's just the tiny little, like a, uh, what, what kind of candle is that? You know, uh, a, a little candle. Okay. So that, you know, we have our candle time and all that and bedtime and snuggle time. It's a little chilly. Luckily, we have a gas heater. So we're, you know, we're fine. And then at, at night, you know, my wife and I, we, we like to eat frozen yogurt. So I say to her, you know what? I'm going to go down to the marina. I'll get us some frozen yogurt. We'll come back. We'll uh, eat it in the dark. It'll be fun. Frozen yogurt with the heat on in the dark in uh, November. What could be finer? What, what could be more American than eating frozen yogurt in the wintertime in the dark in the heat? So to get the yogurt, I go down to Marina Del Rey, which is uh, just north west of here. And what I do is I go through our neighborhood to Lincoln, Lincoln Boulevard, and then Lincoln goes down this big hill into the marina. When you're at the top of Lincoln, it's kind of near, if you know L.A. at all, uh, there's this hill. On this big hill in my neighborhood, there's LMU for Loyola Marymount University, and that's where you are. You're up on the top of that hill, and you can see at night everything from you know, my ridge, whatever that hill ridge is there, all the way to the Hollywood Hills. The entire Los Angeles basin is laid out in front of you. You've got the marina on the left. And then as you go, you've got all of Century City and Hollywood on a clear, clear day. And these are rare. You can see the Hollywood sign. I suppose if you looked in the right direction, you might even be able to see downtown, but you can see the entire basin. So I figure I'm going to go through the neighborhood. I'm going to get out of the neighborhood. I'm going to take a right and, you know, there's going to be the normal city and I'm going to go get some yogurt. Well, there's nothing. When I get to the top of the hill and I look down, I look down north toward the Hollywood Hills where there's supposed to be this expanse of endless lights. There's nothing. Nothing but the occasional headlight. In comparison to the normal street lamp after street lamp, neon sign after neon sign, corporate marquee after corporate marquee selling frozen food or coffee or Bed, Bath, and Beyond items, or whatever it happens to be, it's all gone. And all that's left are a bunch of people like me kind of driving around wondering where what's going on. All of Los Angeles has been doused. A big black blanket has been laid over the valley that is the Los Angeles basin. And all I can see is little ant trails of headlights now the looting didn't start right away the looting took a couple days it always seems to start in the poorer areas and then you know in the rich folk the quote unquote middle class you know they don't loot right away But time kept marching on. 
But I would say on day three, when the serious looting started, it got bad. I would go out into my backyard and listen. For the chaos. Now you gotta understand, when I go out into my backyard, usually I hear sirens and I hear air traffic. Mostly air traffic. Constantly. The air traffic had been replaced by a din. A bizarre mixed walla of breaking glass and shouting and running and fear. And the poor and desperate looted and ran and broke glass and feared for a couple days. Until it started to dawn on everyone. (laughs) Guess what? We're all poor now. Because, you know, no one's making with the solution. There's still no lights. Click, click, click. There's still no juice, baby. So when that second wave of tractor trailers hit the grocery store, it was every man for himself. Because we'd all been reduced to hunters and gatherers. We'd all been reduced. See, now you got no more computer. You got no more light. Nobody's worrying about getting ahead and paying the rent and driving their Beamer. You're just worrying about feeding yourself and your family. And that's it. Staying warm. That's it. Not getting killed while you're trying to feed your family and stay warm. I just never imagined that... That I'd have to guard my... my shit you know that I'd have to guard that I'd have to stand guard literally really actually stand guard and I'm trying to be so cool about it with the kids and the wife but I would sleep a little bit during the day and then I would stand guard because it's dark out there especially for me because my backyard never got dark before not with the airport right there in L.A. The smog reflects all the lights. The sky here, it's always pink. But not for two weeks. Not for two weeks. For two weeks, it was... It was dark. And there were people walking around. And no one walks in L.A. You know, they walk for exercise. They walk the dog, la la la. But this was different. This wasn't going for a walk this was walking this was scouting this was hunting and gathering but if you stay in your house if you keep your head down keep the family floating keep the kids really really getting it (laughs) oh man all I could think about was we gotta get through this we gotta get past this gotta end somebody's gotta get this together I don't know what has happened I don't know what's going on I don't know how big this is 
And people would come by. The cops would come by and make announcements. People would always make announcements. The power should be on by this time tomorrow. I don't, you know, I, I, <laughs> hey, listen, you can only tell me that the power is going to be on this time tomorrow about four times. And then guess what? Save your breath. Just spare me, please. You know, because for a couple of days, you know, you got news people around trying to, you know, just in case the power comes on, they got their battery packs and all that stuff. But it never came on. There was never a broadcast. First couple of days, we're all playing like nothing's going on. The helicopters come out and they're shooting the video and this and this. And we all think we're going back to work and our beamers tomorrow. It never happened. I just spent a lot of time hugging those kids. Because it's, it's, you know what, when when it all boils away, <laughs> you know, it all boils away. Hey, man, listen, it all boils away. Nothing means nothing. Your education means nothing. Your car means nothing. The size of your house means very, very little. Because none of us have barbed wire. Hey, listen, unless you're living in some kind of fortress, you know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, we told stories. My wife and kids and I, we just told stories mostly true stories some of them maybe not so true stories <laughs> you know you gotta stretch it you gotta you know i mean i knew i knew before that that was the whole world anyway really you know i used to complain even that my whole world was inside that house and then for a couple of weeks my whole world was literally inside that house and then the power came back Power came back and everybody cheered and, you know, I get, <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, I guess I, could, I guess I should have uh, anticipated it. I guess I should have known that uh, power would come back on and everyone would uh, shower and shave and, and everything would be right back to normal. Everybody looks a little dazed, but back to it, back, back to kind of, uh, you know, your head in the sand, you know. Except the paranoids. <laughs> you know, I talked to, I have my, does everybody have a, a conspiracy friend? I have my, I have my conspiracy friend, uh, conspiracy bill. And, uh, you know, cause you're calling, you know, you got to call your friends and make sure no one died. I mean, I, I'm not joking, right? You, you, you did it. You went through the Rolodex. So of course, you know, everybody's like, yeah, I'm fine. fine. We've just been doing this. You know, we're all, I'm so glad they got it back together. And conspiracy bill is like, because you know what? I mean, it is true. The conflicting stories are just, you know, but Bill's like, dude, you have no idea. Listen, this is all tied together with like something about, uh, what was it like? Dirty bombs or smart bombs? Terror? Like somehow he had, he had the power, like this nationwide power outage. Okay. Somehow linked to, I don't know if you heard about, I don't know what makes the news, what L.A. stuff. There's this old nightclub uh, down on the Sunset Strip, and I'm trying to think of what the name of it is. It's like uh, Le Fleur. It's been so long since I've been in that part of town. Like, uh, I don't know, some, I don't know, some French, some French name club, right? There's like a a nightclub. And it, it caught on fire, it blew up or something. Now, you know, stuff like that happens. You know what I mean? We had a thing like that not that long ago where something went kooky and it blew up. That's the modern, right? 
conspiracy bills like oh no no because he you know he's the guy the guy that believes in the silent black helicopters you know you you know what i mean you ever heard of the silent i forget what he calls it like there are these choppers that they see silent black helicopters they're supposed to be uh you know the dark overlords that are really ruling the country or something right so he says oh no when the nightclub blew up there the eyewitnesses said that they saw so now he's got that all tied in with uh the power with the, the power outage and with uh, the psycho kid that uh, killed the president. Somehow the psycho kid that killed the president, the this uh, nightclub in L.A. on Sunset Strip, the, the psycho kid and the power outage, because I'm sure those are all connected. I, I'm sure the, basically the main power grid for the entire country is under a nightclub uh, on the Sunset Strip. If they take out the House of Blues, seriously, the entire world, I think, would, would just be thrown into utter chaos. But, you know, it's all back to normal. All back to, you know, President Hale on the... <laughs> like trying to calm us all down. We're like, hey, man, I don't know what secret, you know, four-star bunker you've been in. We've been out, you know, I've been duking it out outside of Rouse for a can of tuna fish. I Something tells me that the president, you know what I mean? The nation goes uh, black. I'm sure the president isn't sitting huddled in the White House worrying that someone's going to break in and jack him. For his lunch supplies. No oh, man, I've n- I haven't seen this much hail since uh, he was uh, campaigning for VP. Unbelievable. But we're back. I've I've missed talking to you. I admit it. I just uh, I'm glad you're there. And I'm glad everything's back to normal. In a way. I hadn't even really thought about this until just this moment, but um, I think I kind of miss it. Not the darkness. I miss the candlelight. I don't miss the fear, but I do miss the... I don't know. It was just this weird bonding thing that happens. You know? That big heavy cloak gets laid on everyone's shoulders in these times. Because it happened at 9-11, I remember feeling that cloak. But then everybody recognizes the cloak and they kind of get together with it, you know. Because while the looting was going on, there was also just this tremendous sense of brotherhood that uh, is not very characteristic of our times, is it? We are all still brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters. (laughs) All right. Keep the matches handy. And kiss everyone goodnight. listening to seventh son obsidian thanks for listening seventh son obsidian is produced by sean bishop learn more about sean's work at the dividing slash btl theme music generously provided by cell dweller 
download the album version of Obsidian's anthem, Birthright, for free at fixedonline.com. Learn more about this anthology, its creator, the Seventh Son trilogy, and much more at jchutchins.net.